Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our guest today is Paul Bennett, and our topic that we are going to speak about is grieving the loss of a spouse. Paul Bennett is the author of the new book, Loving Grief. In 35 years as a freelance writer, Paul helped shape American society, drawing hundreds of millions of dollars into environmental and public interest organizations. Since the death of his wife, Bonnie, he has written eloquently about loss and spiritual growth. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you so much. It's a real honor to be with, uh, with two people who have, are doing so much uh, to help people all over the country. Well, it's great to have you on the show, Paul, and I wanted to talk, I mean, this book is a lot of things, and one thing it is, is a love story about the loss of your wife, Bonnie, and, and about your experience with her, and we get to know a little bit about who Bonnie was, and and she sounds like a wonderful person. Uh, she was someone who was so deeply loved um, by, of course, by me, but by really hundreds of hundreds of people. She was uh, She was one who attracted uh, friends and and kept friends all her life. At her memorial service, there were two people whom she had met in grade school and uh, who had been friends all the rest of her life. That's great. Now, you were married to her for 23 years? Or? Uh, we were in love for 23 years. We were married for 20. And um, you uh, had no children together, but she has a daughter. She has a daughter, Rebecca. Uh-huh. And you have children? Uh, I, I am a kind of a professional step stepfather. I, I, <laughs> That's right. You have two uh, stepchildren now, right? Three, three, three new stepchildren. Ah, three. Uh, and we will get into that towards towards the end of the book about about your remarriage. And, and, and that's very interesting, too, because some of the issues that uh, people have around that. Now, how long has it been since Bonnie died? Uh, Bonnie died just before Christmas uh, in 2002. And she and tell us a little bit about what she died of. She had a uh, long-term, she had a, she or had fairly a very, long-term. Yes, she had a very uh, unusual form of melanoma, um, which was not caught until... Um, it had developed fairly far, and um, she fought that for two years. And uh, for the last, and you with her, by the way. Oh, we yeah. don't fight that alone, do we? No, we no, we don't. Um, and and I write in the book about how you know it it really takes over your life. It runs your life. Uh, you there are imperatives about what you must do and what the next treatment is, and uh, and there's a uh, there's a rhythm to your life of recovery and treatment, and um, and in the last 10 weeks of her life, uh, we knew that she would not survive. So and and I, like, I like what you say in, in the book when you say at the end, my love, um, deep as it was, wasn't enough to make Bonnie want to live. In, in about uh, four days before she died, uh, she told me that she was, uh, she was ready. She did not want to uh, go on. She did not want to uh, keep... Keep fighting it and and uh, continue in the the misery that she was feeling then. So and I had to accept that uh, that was her choice. And tell us about that acceptance. I mean, here you'd been really kind of fighting it with her. Uh, well, this came, of course, when we had we had known for 
about 10 weeks that, that she would not survive. And, and by that time, it was, it was pretty clear that uh, she was on a downhill uh, path. She had had some wonderful, we had had some very, very wonderful days during that, during that time. So, now you you talk in the book about how about men and you know being trained to act like a man or whatever and and the fact that you weren't able to talk to your dad about it at all and we'll get onto that because then he became ill and, and it changed things for you so t- talk about what happens with men. Oh boy, well my my mother had died about six months before Bonnie died, um, and uh, and then we lost Bonnie who was very very dear to my. To my father, um, I, I, just a lot of men. This is not all men, and and I think I'm a lot better at it now. But um, a lot of men are not, you know, raised to to talk about their feelings. They're not. Uh, they haven't discovered that there is a rich um, benefit to to sharing an experience, even if you can't do anything about the experience. And so you, you were able to talk to Bonnie about it a bit, and then talk about your father. His little, uh, he got sick. How long ago after Bonnie? Um, let's see. He he had his crisis uh, in September, so that would be about uh, about nine or ten months. Yeah, and talk about how it was different for you then. Um, well, and you do talk about this in the book, by the way. It's yes. very touching. Yeah. Well, my father. Um, my father also came at at the end of his life to a decision that he was not going to he was not going to fight his illness anymore uh, he He had pneumonia he was uh, going downhill and I was able because of the experience with hospice care uh, to tell my father that that was great I was going to bring him to my house uh, and he could be he could be with me and with my brothers. Uh, at the end of his life, and uh, thank heaven for hospice workers because uh, for Bonnie and for my father, they were just, uh, I just think they walk on water. <laughs> I, I, well, what, I agree with you, ahead. and it's, it's amazing what happens when we, when we are aided and helped to give permission to the dying to die because sometimes once we give them permission, they feel at peace and they're able to leave. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's true. I think um, Bonnie was very courageous. She took on uh, very very difficult and rigorous and uh, painful uh, treatments in an effort to um, to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at uh, and at the when they did not work, um, she really decided to take every good day that she had and to make the most of it. And when it was clear that there were no good days left. She, she accepted that, mm-hmm. and the challenge, the challenge for a husband, I think, is to accept that too. How hospice helped you to move, um, to be able to accept it and, and learn how to deal with it, and almost it feels like a gift to me. Not that your father died so quickly, but that you knew that about it. I mean, that really moved you into another parallel space. Yes, to I be was, able to I, do that. I, I was able. I was able to uh, to walk into that space of his death um, with with confidence. Confidence that we could uh, we could handle it. Uh, confidence that um, that that would be a uh, a loving uh, space for him to end his life in. And uh, 
before losing Bonnie, I, I, I would have been totally at a loss, I think, about what, what to do at that point and how to respond. So it's strange, but there, if we look at it, there are some gifts that we receive that come in strange ways, and they don't feel that great at the time, but if you look at them in the cosmic whole sense, it's pretty amazing. Well, I want to make sure we tell people how to get your book. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the um, letting go of grief uh, after we get through talking about how to get your book. I really want to cover this because you make some points in there that I feel are quite profound, and I would suggest that people get this book because it really takes you through the whole process of grieving, which uh, is pretty amazing because most of us don't get to, a lot of people don't get to the point where that you are at right now and the profound insights you've found. So tell us how to get a hold of your book. Well, the book is uh, available in, in bookstores. Uh, your local bookstore uh, may have it. They can certainly, they can certainly get it. Uh, it's available also online uh, from your, your online booksellers. And uh, you can also order it directly from the publisher, which is www.larsenpublications.com. And now, so, do you have a website? Uh, I have a website, which is uh, www.lovinggrief.com. Lovinggrief.com, so you won't forget the book. And Heidi, you were talking about a link that you liked. Yes, well, a couple of things. One is that I like, you can see Paul actually reading from his book, and it's really, really moving. If you go to his website, there's a place you can click on and see him reading a video. There's a video clip of him reading the book. Also, I want to say this book is not just for people that have lost spouses because the intensity of the love that Paul had for Bonnie, very much, I very much identified with that in the love I have for my brother and the love my parents have for Scott as well. Any kind of loss where you really, really love and don't know how, you're going to survive it, this would be a really great book to get for healing. Absolutely. I totally agree. Now, I want to get to some of those points that I have just promised people that we'll get to. Towards the end of the book, um, Paul, we'll talk about what happened to you. You met someone. Uh, I, I, at a time when I was uh, completely unprepared for it um, and uh, fully believing that I had a long time to be by myself, I had the the blessing to to uh, meet a woman who was brave enough to fall in love with someone who was deeply deeply grieving his love for someone else. And uh, Carol and I have now married, uh, but uh, early early on, I couldn't count the number of times when I cried on Carol's shoulder about Bonnie, and she had the the. Uh, the insight and the courage to see uh, in me as someone who was capable of a deep love, um, and uh, she wanted to be around that. Mm-hmm. So, Wonderful. Um, I, but it took me really very much by surprise. I had a rather conventional idea that you that you really only could love one person at one at a time. Now you went off to uh, send uh, to some. Well, talk about releasing the howl and where you did that. Uh, we we had the really great gift of of a place called the Shalom Mountain Retreat Center. Uh, it's up in the Catskills, um, and uh, it is the the um, the holder of a tradition of of deeply spiritual and emotional work um, and. Uh, in, and gave me access to um, 
to really expressing and and living into the 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 deep deep sadness and expressing it uh, in in this safe uh, safe space that they were able to create there. And, and maybe at one point in your life that wouldn't have been acting like a man, right? Uh, no, that my my idea of 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 living up to to your job as a man was to to uh, to keep things under control, to keep them on an even keel, to make sure that uh, that things worked right. And um, and I spent many years, uh, um, you know, very sat- very satisfied in in keeping our my my life and and Bonnie's supported and uh, doing my job and not rocking the boat. And then the boat sank under us. <laughs> the and, boat sank under you and you found uh, out you couldn't keep it in control. Well, when, in your last chapter, when you talk about letting go of grief, here you've uh, talked about when you're, when you're kind of co- completing the circle and you say there's a point where you don't want to give up the intense feelings. I identified with that so much. My husband was sitting there next to me and I said, you got to read this. Uh, we were flying into uh, New York, and I said, "Here he says that um, you there's something about the sacred intensity of these feelings that you've had that you kind of miss them." And I thought when I was sitting there, "Wow, it's been twenty uh, what twenty one years, Heidi? Is that right?" Yeah, over that, uh, over twenty one, <laughs> and I miss not being able to touch that. I mean, it was pretty amazing when you get away from it. It's when you're there, it's pretty. Intense and frightening, but when you move away from it, um, you can't get back to that. Well, so, we, we we learn after after a loss like this, we we learn that that's one of the things we know about ourselves is that we are deeply grieving. Uh, you know, in my case, that I, I'm a I'm a widower, um, and uh, I think that eventually that idea of who we are becomes. Too confining for us, and um, there isn't room to continue to grow. And then and, we get uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, and, this isn't working. Right, and and it we don't we don't have to give up the love for the other person. <laughs> that's that's I think the crucial thing. We don't give up the love for the other person. We just give. We can let go though of the experience. Of holding on to that love as a painful a grief. Well, I like the point that you make is that Bonnie doesn't need you in her life. Yeah, yeah. We we have a lot of stories. I think about what we owe to the person who uh, who we lost, and I I think those can work mischief in people's lives. I like that idea of mischief, yeah. And, 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 Mom, also, we're not going to forget the person by letting go of the pain. We can let go of the pain and, like Paul said, still have memories and love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when I, when I wrote that Bonnie doesn't, doesn't need anything from me, it was, a, it was a, an experience of knowing that her life is completely complete. Uh, it is what it was. It was uh, a beautiful life. Uh, and it is complete, and not, I cannot add anything uh, to her life anymore. Now, there's one thing you talk about, too, when you say that. Okay, what about the guilt? I'm not spending enough time remembering Bonnie. Mm, yeah, well, 
I don't think mm-hmm. if I allow myself to think that there's an amount of time that I should spend remembering Bonnie, I, I don't think it could ever be enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Good. To, to really do honor to this, uh, sufficient honor to this beautiful, this beautiful person. Uh, and, and her life will not expand or contract because of what I do. And right. I am keeping But your life could contract because of what you do. Uh, yes, our, our, the lives of the people who go on, I think, are, uh, are, are, are available for tremendous growth out of loving someone who's gone. And I think there is also the opportunity for us to kind of imprison ourselves in grief. And what have you found? What have I found? I have found an amazing, uh, an amazing opportunity for growth. And it gives that tree analogy that you had. I like that. I'm sorry? The tree analogy, where we grow Uh, from in to out. Yes, it's just another way of looking at time, isn't it? Uh, We we tend to look at time as the past as something that moves farther and farther away from us as we go on. You know, we talk about the distant past. And, like, if I look over my shoulder, I can barely see it. Uh, But I... I have another model of time, which is uh, of uh, of our people growing like a tree, and the and the the young person or the the person who was in love with Bonnie uh, is still inside in the inner rings of my tree, and uh, so and that I found matched better with my experience of Bonnie being continually present for me, uh. my love for her being continually present even as my life goes on and adds experiences that I can't share with her. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on our show today, Paul. It's uh, been wonderful having you on, and, and I highly recommend to people that they get that book. As Heidi said, you don't have to just be a bereaved um, spouse to find a lot of enlightenment and fa- fabulous inter- uh, information here, Paul. Well, ultimately, the book is about love, and uh, my core discovery early on is that the grief I was feeling was nothing more nor less than the love I was feeling for her. Mm-hmm. And how about love for the self? Because I know some of those folks out there aren't touching that. I'm sorry? Give you the- how about love for yourself? I think well, you found her love, but also your love for yourself in new growth. Well, if you if you know yourself as someone who can truly, deeply love another person, and that's what's going on when you're grieving. If you mm-hmm. can look at yourself and say, well, this, what I, who, who I am is someone who can deeply, deeply love someone else. Uh, how can you not love yourself if you know yourself as someone who's capable of loving so much? Uh, well, thank you so much, Paul, for being on the show today. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.